she got up and said, I believe everything in this Bible from that's where it says published by Crossway all the way through the end where it says in the last part of the zealous in the concordance. They even believe that part on the cover where it says Holy Bible. But they got it right on that last part anyway. <laughs> so today, my message for you is, where is God? Have you ever asked that question? Where is God? Where was God when that happened? Where is God now that I'm in the midst of this turmoil? Where is God when I need him most? And where is God in this wicked world and horrible things are happening? Why doesn't he do something to stop those things? Why doesn't he do something to change this order for all of the destruction and even horror, abominations that are perpetrated upon this earth? You have to understand where God is now in the economy of his eternal plan. What you're talking about, what I'm talking about when I see these horrible things, is not something that God is doing. God has created a world order, and he has given it to us. He's given it to mankind, all mankind. And because the hearts of men are evil, we're born sinners, born with the sin seed because of the failure in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible very clearly says, and Paul teaches specifically that all men are sinners and all must be saved. When you hear someone say, oh, we're all children of God. We're children of God only in that God creates us in the wonderful plan he's put forth that men are born of women. And in the physical birth, you can say, we're a child of God because that's God's plan. But we're a child of God not in the sense of being subjected to him as our father and living for him according to his teaching and his word because that doesn't happen. That is proven all through the Old Testament, proven through the New Testament and through the times that we live in now. And especially it's proven by all the newspaper readings and news reports that we see. The Bible says that that, that there is a prince of the power of the air permitted to have that authority by God in his plan. So when you say, why, why doesn't God change this? Listen, friend, he's going to change it. His time is coming when he will change it. You read this, this Bible that we all believe, you read it very clearly, it tells us that there's coming a time when this world order is going to change. It's going to be different from what it is now. But at this point in time, this is the plan that God put in place to give us all a free will and the opportunity to make right choices, particularly to make the right choice to receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior and prepare ourselves to live in his presence forever. But the problem that we face in the world today is that Satan is in control. Now, I know that, that there's a lot of teaching that says God's given us dominion over the earth. Yes, but not yet. The Bible also says, this is really what the Bible teaches. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. I'm reading for the English Standard Version. 
you once walked according to the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is not working the children of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air. The Amplified Version. The same verse says this, You once were following the ways of this world, influenced by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, who is Satan. Amplified Version puts it there so we'll know for sure. Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. So there is an evil one who puts forth a plan for the world, and carnal, sinful, unregenerate men follow that plan. It's the plan of the world and the plan of the ages, and it's the originator is Satan. That's what the Bible says. So we're living in that time when people can stop and say, well, where is God? Why doesn't God do something about it? All that's happening. Well, God does things in his own way, in his own time. He's going to change the world order. We're going to be ready for it because we're saved and living for God. But that world order is not changed yet. Why wouldn't God, instead of telling the baby, the parents of the baby Jesus to take him into Egypt to get him away from the edict that Herod had put out for all the children two under two years old to be killed, why didn't God just kill Herod? He'd just knock him off. And anybody who was going to go kill those little babies, just be there ready for them. And when they started ready to get ready to do it, just zap them and knock them dead. He didn't do that. And that holocaust of babies was permitted to happen because this world is under the control of sinful influence, sinful power, identified as Satan, the prince of the power of the air. But I'm going to not give you no hope. I'm going to say one more time. God has a plan. God's plan always works. God's plan always comes to pass, and God's plan is going to be to take over this world when Jesus comes back and we experience the rapture and all the effects of the, of the second coming and the great events of that time take place, including the battle of Armageddon, and Jesus is going to come and set up a kingdom, and this world will be ruled in a different way by the king of righteousness sitting on the throne of his glory. Now, where is God? You really ask that question. When you care about the things that are happening in your life, when things that come in that are disturbing and, and, and problematic, upsetting, you really, that's what you're really wondering about. Where is God? Why is he doing something about my situation now? I want to give you the answer to that, too. This is what the Bible says. Jesus said this, that you and I must understand the position of the child of God. He taught us in his great priestly prayer in John 17. He clearly said, I don't pray that you will take them out of the world, Father but that you'll help them in it and go through what we need to go through to, to live for God and serve Him and bring glory to His name. That's our purpose here, to live for God, to glorify Him, to let our light of truth that's come into our lives through Jesus Christ shine for the world to see and bring people to Jesus. He has made a plan for us in this time. He prayed for us in that great prayer of John 17. And that prayer will hold good until Jesus comes back again. And the power of it will still be in effect. Understand the position of the child of God today in this world. This is what Jesus said. John 16, 33. 
I have told you these things, all these things he's been teaching them now. From John chapter 14 in the upper room, John chapter 15, John chapter 16, now this is what he says. I have told you these things, these things I've been teaching you, so that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. Our peace, all that we have, from peace comes contentment, joy, satisfaction, rejoicing. From peace, and we have our peace in him. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. And then he says, in this world, even with my peace in your heart, in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, distress, suffering, and many trials and sorrows. Well, he didn't miss it when he said that, did he? <laughs> I actually took three or four translations and put what all of them said to get all that, but all of it is certainly true. So you'll have peace in Jesus Christ. That's your hope, eternal life. Hope means assurance, certainty of eternal life because of our faith in him. And in now, in the time now, he has given us his peace so that we can live with the security of knowing him and having him control, direct our lives. But at the same time, while one track is on peace and contentment and joy and satisfaction and victory. There's another track running parallel with it in our lives. And on that track, he says, you will have in this world trouble. You'll have tribulation. You'll have distress. You'll have suffering. And many other trials and sorrows are going to come upon you. But be not afraid. Do not despair. Hold on to the truth of God and be, Jesus said, courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy because I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding and you can have all of that because you are in me and I am in you. That is what the New Testament teaches about the relationship we have with God, coming from the experience of bowing at the cross and receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He tells us that we are more than conquerors, more than overcomers in Him. Of all the trials and tribulations, difficulties and complexities that come to us, we are not defeated. We're victorious by faith because greater is he who's in us than the power of the prince of the air who's in the world. We're victors in him. I am more than a conqueror, Paul said. We are through Jesus Christ our Lord. You say, I can't believe that because it's not in my life. Well, listen, friend, it can be. It can be a part of your life, and I'll tell you how to make it so. Put your life on the altar of God. Don't live your life for yourself. Live your life for Jesus Christ who gave his life for you. Put your life on the altar of God. Come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Come to Calvary and give yourself up to him. Let the price that he paid be known to you as the price that he paid for you, for your life. 
for your salvation, for your victory, for your overcoming, and for your eternal dwelling in the house of God. We're all represented. I want to tell you something that happened. Where is God? And, and, and the fact of the matter is, God is right here, right there where you are. God's right here. Always, He's right here. I, we sang that song this morning, it says, never failed me yet. I had somebody come in a little while back and say, I don't know if that's the song they were talking about or not, but we sing that in various ways. I said, why are we singing, never failed me yet? That, that's... Sounds like we think he might fail us in the future. Better yet, but he might. Oh, no, 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 no. See, most things are in the way you take them. What it really means is because he hasn't failed us now, and all that he's brought us through, and all we've come through, he hasn't failed us up to now. At this point, we can he hasn't failed us yet. Well, if he hasn't failed us now, why would we think he's going to fail us in the future? If he hasn't turned us loose yet, why would he turn us loose tomorrow? What he's done before, he'll do again. He's proven to keep us safe, and He's going to keep us safe on and on and on and on until He delivers us in the presence of the Holy God, Father, and the hat, the throne of God in eternity. Hallelujah. I started to say, I want to tell you something that happened to me. Where is God? Well, you better have Him with you everywhere you go, and you can. I was, this is within the last two or three weeks. I came off of Interstate 295 at the Roosevelt Park Avenue exit, came off and I turned, make a left turn coming in to go into Orange Park. There was not a, the, the light stopped, it didn't start, so it, it was when you were, were going through the green lights, there was no stop right there, just keep on going. So I held my lane, I think I was in the middle lane, about the time I was coming around that curve that puts me on 17, somebody pulled right in front of me. And I thought, oh man, Wow, we got some crazy drivers around here. Thank you, Lord, I didn't get hurt. Now, this is a, listen to me now. I drove on down 17 Park Avenue in Orange Park. I drove on and I got down to Kingsley and 17. That's always a busy intersection. The traffic light didn't stop us there. So I'm going through the traffic light, maybe 35 or 40. What's the speed limit there? That's what I was doing. That's what I was driving. <laughs> so, so, I, so I go through the intersection. Now, when you go through, the, I'm in the right lane, and, there, and there's nothing. It's just sidewalk and the town building over there. If you, if you have to go to the right, you're in trouble right there. So I'm driving, and there's traffic. In my lane, there's traffic. About one car space between me and the car ahead of me. And, and the car in the left lane, I don't know if something happened. I think he was going so fast he was about to hit the car in front of him. And he, and he trying to do something, he pulled into my lane. Well, it wasn't my lane, but I was in that lane. I considered it mine at that point, at least where my car was. Listen, this is the I, I couldn't believe how close that was. I, I was shocked by it. It was like he pulled right in there. It was so close, I felt like he couldn't put a piece of paper between his car and mine. Honestly, I was just, I, I was shocked I, 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 and scared a little bit. And I just started to say, thank you, Lord. Now, I know you think I should have rolled down my window, honked my horn, honk it, honk it, honk it, and lean out and tell him, 
that would have helped. It wouldn't have helped me. I don't think it would have done anything to him. We were moving on. But And I couldn't go to the right. There was nothing over there to go to. I couldn't get out of the way. If I jammed on brakes, the traffic, somebody then would have hit me. All I could do was say, thank you, Lord. And I will tell you honestly, I just started praising God. Thank you, God. I, I was kind of drained, a little bit sweaty. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I praise you. Lord, you've been so good. Thank you. I drove on down Highway 17. I got down to the traffic light where you, where you can turn left. Those, the traffic light, it doesn't matter. It's one of those traffic lights on Highway 17 before you get into Fleming Island before 220. One of those traffic lights that with a left turn lane in it. I didn't notice the guy sitting on the left in the turn lane in a big old pickup truck. In a big old pickup truck. Not just a little 150. Big truck with big wheels. I didn't notice him when he was sitting there. So when the light changes, I'm at the head of the line, so I start to move. Now, I admit I don't just do, 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 do. I get out of everybody else's way when I'm leaving a traffic light. So I picked over to go. And this guy in the truck had evidently changed his mind about making a left turn. And instead of handling it the right way, he hit it just as hard as he could. And through the intersection, he couldn't quite get in front of me. I, I wasn't trying to keep him from getting there, believe me. I was trying to get out of his way, stay out of his way. And he pulled right over. He got on the median before he could get into the lane. And I'm thinking, what? Oh, I'm holding on, trying to find, trying to control. I'm driving my little red car, and, I, and I'm thinking, God, help me. And the Lord did help me. I didn't hit anybody else, anybody hit but that guy almost ran. If he had run over me to that big truck, he wouldn't even know where my little bug was. I, but I, and, I, and, you know, I, I remember Bob Wojcik came up and told me, you know, Bob Wojcik, he and Patty, they were so faithful to us until they retired and moved to South Carolina. And uh, Bob came up to me one Sunday morning. He said, he said Pastor, I had a, had a real experience this week I want to tell you about. He said, you know, I drive a truck. Yeah, I said, I know you drive a truck. It's a big truck, and I just, and I was got, coming down the highway, and he said, and, and somebody got in front of me and jammed on brakes, and I had to throw on my brakes, and it comes to a screech grinding halt. He said, that's how to stop the car. He said, I want to tell you this. I said, Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. But he said, I want to be honest with you. A few months ago, that's not what I would have said. And I'm not going to tell you what I would have said a few months ago. But he said, this time he said, oh, Jesus, Jesus, thank you for helping me. He said, I'm telling you that let you know this things that happened in this church have changed my life. That's why I'm telling you this. It was a testimony. <laughs> I laughed. But I didn't laugh much when that day when all this was happening to me. But I will say that I followed what he was doing. I was praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I don't remember if on the way on 17, if I turned into the church or not. And I probably did. If I didn't, didn't stay long, I got back on Highway 17. And now I'm driving south on 17, and I'm coming to Green Coast Springs, trying to get there. And so it's in, in the mid to late afternoon, and I'm driving along just past the midpoint, past uh, the turnoff on Russell Road. And the, the speed limit there is 55 miles an hour, and I probably was driving 50, 55. There's a truck right in front of me in the lane in front of me. There's a good bit of traffic at that time of the day. And uh, so I'm driving along behind this truck, 
Now, there are several turns across the median that you can take in that going that direction. And most of those left turn, those medians, if you want to make a left turn, have a left turn lane. You can pull over there, wait for the traffic, and pull over. But one of them does not. One of them is just, I don't know why they have this thing there. They ought to close it up and put bars over it. But there's no left turn lane. So if anybody's going to turn left there, the people in the, in the lanes behind them are going to have an issue. You understand? So this truck, I'm sorry, but again, it was a truck. And not because it's bad to drive a truck. It's just this, the way it happened. This truck, this pickup truck, all of a sudden, I think it was suddenly, I don't think he planned it, all of a sudden, he saw that chance to turn over and he forgot or remembered or whatever it was, something he needed to make that turn. And so he jams on brakes to make through. And I'm right behind him. And, I'm, and I jam on brakes. I have to. I'm trying to, get, I'm trying to keep hitting that truck. I jam on brakes and I come down to a, a halt. Good thing nobody was behind me trying to get do the same thing I was doing. It could have been a real jam up. But, but he made that left turn. And I, and I started praising God. Praise God. I, now, praise God. I'm not laying over here in an accident. My damage or my car torn up or me torn up. God has just been so close. And I started thinking, well, this, this has been a day of this. Now, I'm, I'm not exaggerating any of this. I may not be telling it as graphically as it happened. Now that I think back on it, because I was, I was shaken by it, but I was saying, God, I praise you. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now the next two or three days after that, and still, well, I'm dry, I've driven past that that last event right there when the, the left turn with no lane for left turn. And I just, and every time I've gone by, I said, God, I want to thank you. Thank you that I wasn't here right here crumbled up. And as I praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord. And one day after about two or three days of that, I felt like I felt like that the Lord spoke to my heart. Now, there are times when the Lord speaks to you and you say, well, God spoke to me and I know he told me this. There are times that I feel that I just feel like it's, a, it's just a quiet message from the Lord. Not the way sometimes God speaks to me, but it was just quiet message from the Lord. And 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 the, the, when I when I got this feeling, I believe I believe from the Lord. I got this feeling, and it was just simply this: the devil was trying to kill you. I hadn't even thought about that. It hadn't even occurred to me. But it moved me when I felt the Lord. The devil was trying to kill you. He didn't have to tell me any more than that. He didn't have to tell me he was with me. He didn't have to tell me he looked after me. He didn't have to tell me he covered me. He didn't have to tell me he saved me. He didn't have to say, tell me he spared me. I got that loud and clear. By just knowing one thing, I, I, and the reason I heard this, I know, is because I was praising God and giving him the glory for keeping me from accident in either one of those terrible situations. And as I praised God for it, I just simply heard in my spirit, the devil was trying to kill you. I want to tell you there, this, my dear friends. Through some kind of circumstance or event or sickness or illness that's come into your life, the devil may be trying to destroy you. But I want to tell you this. Until it's God's time, listen now, until it's God's time for you to go home, until it's God's time for you to spend eternity in his presence, until it's God's time for you to go up and dance around the throne of heaven, until it's God's time you will be spared and looked after and covered and protected by the power of the Almighty God whose power the devil cannot penetrate and he will keep you safe, covered, covered, and keep you safe in all things and all ways, 
by his power. Now, I'm not going to tell you that if you're going to go out and rob a store and hold it up with a gun, that God's going to be looking after you while you're doing that. He may be, but that's not a part of my theology. I can't. If he would, I don't know why he would. If he did, I'd be against it. <laughs> but I will tell you this. As a child of God, of course, you wouldn't be doing that as a child of God or anything like that. As a child of God, when the enemy comes against you, God will send a protecting force to take care of you. And as God told me that, I, can, I, I had a sense of feeling like there's a band of angels around me. And wherever you go and whatever you do, God has protecting, guarding angels there with you to look after you, to take care of you. You walk in the Spirit and you will live life. Walk in the Spirit and you will be protected by God. Walk in the Spirit and you will be taken care of by the Lord. There will come a time if we don't beat the rapture. I hope I'm here when the rapture comes. Nobody will have to plan my funeral. I want to be here when the rapture comes. I want to go up with Jesus when he comes back for his bride. Hallelujah. But if that doesn't happen, if he hasn't come, somebody's going to have to plan my funeral. That'll be all right because it's going to be in God's time. It'll be when God ordered it. It'll be when God said, this is the time I've called you home. Until then, God's going to look after me. He's going to protect me. He's going to take care of me. He's got a shield around me with the wings of his angels that the enemy cannot penetrate. And he's got a, that same protection around you that the enemy cannot penetrate. And you are safe in the hands of Jesus as long as you walk with him and are trusted by him. The time will come when God's order will change. But until then, you're in the protecting hands of God. Hallelujah. And the enemy can't get you out of God's hand of cover. Hallelujah. Where is God? Where is God? He's right where you need him to be. All times and all ways, every day, every hour, every moment of time, he's right where you need him to be. When you need him, he's there. When you call on him, he's there. When you say, oh, Lord, I need you, he's there to hear you and to answer you. Do you know that? Is that your experience? You already know it. Hallelujah. But many of you don't. Some of you here do not know that. Even some people who have walked with the Lord, you may not be sure of that. I'm going to tell you. But I'm providing you, I believe, is the truth of God. When Elisha was surrounded by the Syrians, and they said, we're going to get rid of him, finally get rid of him. They came and surrounded him, and there was a host of army there. His servant looked down and said, Master, what will we do? What can we do? We're surrounded. And Elisha didn't answer him. He just said to, in a prayer to the Lord, open his eyes, Lord, and let him see. And God did. When his eyes were opened spiritually to see, there were a host of angels outnumbering the forces of the Syrians around him, all around him. So the prophet was saying, I'm not worried about anything. God got here before the enemy did. He's already set up a fortress to surround us. He servants saw those angels, and he knew that God had already made a preparation for us. So let me tell you, my friends, God's already made preparation to take care of you. He's got a host of angels that outnumber anything that the enemy can send against you. And he is your protector. He is your savior. He is your defender. 
He's the one through whom you conquer because he died and rose again. You are a conqueror in him. The word of God is true, and it will be true in your life if you let it be so. Do you believe that? Amen. Stand with me, please. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel like I can jump up and down. I, I, I am excited about knowing what I just preached to you is true. Knowing that it's the Bible. Knowing that God doesn't change His Word. When God says it, He does it. When He puts His stamp on it, you can believe it. It's a true message of God. That God is with us and going to help us and take us through to everything in every way and in every victory. Every victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think what I'm going to say this morning is, if you want to touch God for any reason, for any need, you want to touch God. And you want to be in the place for God to touch you. I want to invite you to come to this altar this morning. And I know there's some people here who want prayer, and I want you to let me pray for you. And when you get up here for me to pray for you, I want you to come right on up here toward the front of the altar where I can pray for you. 